Hello and welcome back to the Institute of World Mission podcast. In the last several weeks, I personally witnessed some significant challenges in missionaries' lives. For example, one couple and several volunteers were evacuated from their country of service due to coronavirus outbreak. They had to urgently leave with small kids on their hands and several other young people to support. They didn't know for how long they're leaving and what's that they're going to be doing next. So you can imagine the situation. Here's another example. In the last few days, several couples were going through major transition. They were moving to their new country of service with all of their belonging and children, going through airports, arriving, discovering what their new place is like. Again, you get the picture. Here's the last example. Another missionary family was going through a grieving process just recently. They lost their beloved father and grandfather due to illness. He passed away. They had to urgently travel home to spend at least several days with their beloved one, watching, seeing him go. Now, I'm bringing all of these examples to you to highlight the fact that missionaries go through challenges, which are in some ways common to other people's challenges, but on top of that, they face a host of additional pressures. One author I recently read says that upon crossing cultural, linguistic, and geographical barriers, missionaries are faced with tremendous, often unforeseen pressures unknown to those who remain at home. End quote. So in today's episode, friends, we will see how missionaries are in need of care, particularly pastoral care, and how to get it. We'll be back with you in just a second. Welcome to the Institute of World Mission Weekly Podcast, a show for Adventist mission enthusiasts striving to live, serve, and witness cross-culturally. Visit us at iwm.adventist.org slash podcast to view this podcast's show notes, links, and previous episodes. Institute of World Mission is your partner in the mission field. I'm your host, Alex Ott, and in today's interview, I bring to you a conversation with Ken and Ivanette Osborne. Ken and Ivanette have a lifetime of cross-cultural ministry behind their backs. They are longtime missionaries, and although currently retired, they are called to be part of a missionary care team as a pastoral care couple. You see, their age, empathetic hearts, and extensive experience puts them in a place in life where they are able to truly care. So in our conversation, we discuss what pastoral care actually looks like in the lives of Adventist missionaries, how to practically get in touch with Ken and Ivanette, and what to expect from a relationship with them. As a missionary, you might be a pastor yourself. We get this. Or you might be a leader, teacher, physician, aid worker, serving in a cross-cultural setting somewhere in this world. Perhaps you're ready to tune out out of this episode, thinking it's not for you. Well, Give us a chance. Meet Ken and Ivanette through this podcast episode. And with that, let's get straight to the interview. Ivanette, Ken, welcome to the Institute of World Mission podcast. Thank you, Alex. 
It's nice to be here this evening, I guess, coming from Thailand, Chiang Mai. That's right. We are recording this particular interview during a Mission Institute session here in Thailand, and we are here together. So today we want to discuss pastoral care, and you've been called by the General Conference to give care to missionary couples and to, and you are a part of ISE missionary care team that we have. So I have a few questions for you. And the first question is, as a pastor care couple, you strive to create and maintain a relationship with Adventist missionary couples. So how is it possible across distance and time? Because our audience, our community of missionaries is all across the globe. So how do you do it? I think we basically use technology to do it. And I find that, you know, technology has really changed and has shrunk our world that makes it really easy to communicate. And it's a matter of just coordinating and making sure we're not waking up somebody in the middle of the night. I think, you know, there are so many options out there now that that one can use. For example, we have our own work chat setting that's a very effective way to communicate with people. To be honest, Alex, I think that what we have discovered is a lot of people still basically seem to depend largely on their email as a means of communication. But we do sometimes have people that will call in on WhatsApp, Skype, work chat, you know, all the alternatives that are out there that people avail themselves of. And when they do contact us, they usually just say, are you available to talk? And then we set up. And that's exactly what people need to. In many situations, they need somebody outside, not from their immediate environment, to be able to talk with, be asked for advice. And let me ask this question. So as a pastor care couple, what do you see as major needs of Adventist missionaries in your several years of service already? I think for the women, it would be just somebody to talk to and pray with. Right. And I think that in some cases that we have you know, had involvement with, it would be challenges that the missionaries are facing as they are serving on field. And so sometimes I think it's just a matter of they need to have, as it were, a sounding board. And I think that in our particular case, given our role, we should be very non-threatening because we are not a part of the establishment, if we would put that in in quotation marks. Right. Although we are, in a sense, because, you know, it takes a whole group, you might say, to be able to give support the way it should be given. And so we're a layer of support. But it's not like we represent the final point, you might say, and the ones who decide ultimately what is represented by some of those challenges that we've become aware of. We can be a conduit to help convey needs or concerns, but we only do that with the awareness of the ISE, them saying yes, because they all know that Karen Porter is our direct boss, if you want to call it that. And so, you know, we ask before we communicate. But the other thing, too, we aren't counselors. And so we'll sometimes say, you know, have you thought about contacting Dr. Ann Hamill? If there is a counseling need, yes. Correct. Right. Or if it's if we feel like that might be a better support for them. I think that I have had, you know, some contacts that you might say would relate more to administrative type issues because 
those are real dynamics that exist out there. People trying to work in a cross-cultural setting, but as it relates to carrying out the work. And I think we have to be honest that sometimes that can become a source of, I don't know if you just say irritation, but also frustration, frustration, uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And I think that we have had, you know, situations where we could say, in effect, you know, from our own experience, having been what was then IDEs, but today are ISCs, we've had some similar type experiences. And no, you are not bad missionaries because of what you're experiencing. You're human, and the challenges are there. They're real. You know, friends, one of the reasons why we are doing this interview is because we want to share the news with uh, all of the Adventist missionaries around the globe that you guys are available. And for some, it still may be news. They still may think, you know, not know or not utilize this opportunity. And many times we think, only if I had somebody to talk with. Well, there is this opportunity. So um, this is something that we treasure as a chance for Adventist missionaries to use. So thank you for being available for them. And I might say, Alex, you know, since we were asked to undertake this new approach to providing an additional layer of support to our missionaries, we have been attending all of the mission institutes. So starting in 2017, we have attended three institutes each year. And this is our fourth, for example, here in Thailand. We've had two in in Greece, one in Istanbul, and of course, four at Andrews. Or was that only three? I guess three at this point, but looking maybe at the forthcoming. And to be honest, the people who contact us are the people who know us because they've met us here. So I think there is a larger group who may have seen our name, but there isn't that personal touch. And I think that's a reality we have to face, that people will speak to people they consider to be, you know, friends, people they can trust, and not just a name. But we wish we could expand to others. We find that the most meaningful interactions we have, though, are those that we have met previously. Ivanette, you wanted to say something? Well, I was going to say, you know, as we do go around and starting, you know, really seriously over the last couple of years, last year and this year, to really make a purposeful effort to go and visit people in the field. Sometimes there are people that are in that vicinity that we haven't met before. And we have valued meeting them, but it's more of an introduction than really connecting or reconnecting versus the people we've already met. Very interesting. So speaking of this kind of care, I recently read this particular passage in an article by Zach Bradley. So hear what he wrote about pastoring missionaries. It's not an Adventist author, and yet it was quite perceptive in in what it said. So the author is saying, to pastor them, missionaries, is to shepherd a flock in a perpetual crisis. Yes, they often live in dangerous places, and yes, they often get sick. By transitioning to another culture and learning a new language adds pressures that create a state of constant tension. It's painful living far away from your family, friends, and ascending church, especially for families with children. If you assume anything about missionaries, assume they need you to care for their souls. 
how would you comment this? Well, you know, one thing that I heard you make reference to is is the disconnect from your church, you know, as it was written there. And I think the reality is our model for how we support missionaries is quite different from the general setting of Christian evangelical missionaries who go abroad. an agency in the because, church. Yeah, the church is their source of support and all. To be honest, I think we as Adventists rely on an organization and our local churches can completely disappear from the scene, so to speak. Is that good or bad? Well, I think it's unfortunate, unfortunate. because, yeah. But of course, a big factor that leads to the other groups needing to maintain contact is that's their source of livelihood. If they that's lose the income. Con- the income, yeah, because if, if they don't have that contact. And I think it's a positive structure for supporting our missionaries. But one element that can get lost in that organization where missionaries don't have to raise their own funds is that they can lose contact with their own local church. And that's an area that I think, you know, we need to look at in a broader sense. How can you be sure that missionaries maintain contact with their local churches and don't just disappear off the face of the earth for who knows how many years and come back and don't really have a basis to reestablish other than, you know, memories from way in the past. So in the state of missionary soul, how, you know, how this passage shows us that there are crises, that they do need this kind of support. Evanette, what would you say? You know, when I think of soul, my initial thought was to relate it to your spiritualism right. and your right. relationship to God. But it's been my own personal experience as we've been in the field that that is part of it. But more importantly than that even, I think, is the whole being of the person. And what can we do, you know, to just be part of their community? Because many of them, when they do go overseas, they don't have a church family back home because they don't even anticipate they're going to be going back to the same church. And so when they depart, you know, usually they have maybe, I'll say, two or three people they might still be connected to at that church, but it's not like the church family is anticipating them coming back. We had a very unique situation of when we were preparing to come on this trip, our church spontaneously gathered around us and had prayer for us. But they anticipate, and we anticipate, we're going back to our same church, and they will be wanting to hear and know what we have to share. Another consequence, and something that's not expected. We are so blessed by our organization, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, we feel apprehensive about sharing anything with anybody, right? Anything that's personal, anything that's kind of crisis-related or may show weakness or whatever. And if other missionaries in other denominations, they don't have this face to uphold in front of this global organization, they easily seek help. They are open to care, this kind of care, It seems to me that in the Adventist setting, we are not as open to this. Would you feel the same, or how would you characterize? One one thing I do Mm -hmm. find interesting, when you read literature, and 
we are, I think, as a church coming rather late to bringing on this aspect of missionary care while missionaries are in the field. Yes, we take care of them. We want to be sure they get their home leaves and their annual leaves and provide support, maybe educational support for their kids who have had to leave and are, are studying back in the homeland and all. But I think one thing that we have discovered in what we have read Other organizations are very concerned about how they are caring for their missionaries. And I'll tell you one fact that comes out in so much of the literature. The problems don't seem to be so much necessarily the hardship of the areas that people are working in. So often, it seems it's the interpersonal challenges they're meeting. With other ISEs. With other missionaries. Or leadership. And the other challenge is now, instead of having all of your colleagues being, we'll say, from North America, you might have one from Korea, one from South America, one from... Very multicultural team. Right. And so you're bringing not only you're adjusting to the culture of the country that you're in, but you're adjusting also to the culture of your colleagues. And how do you communicate and work that through? I think, you know, we felt that perhaps one of the most effective visits we had was just as we were on the way coming here to Chiang Mai, where we were in a setting with four ISC couples who are in a particular country, all from different parts of the world. No two couples were from the same place. And it was interesting, you know, to see the dynamics. But a lot of camaraderie that exists within that group which is good and positive. I think we felt that that we were able to be, I don't know if you'd say effective, but hopefully to make a difference, was spending quality time there, not in a rush, not just trying to break away from the committee structure to come over and visit for 20 minutes and go back to year-end committee or whatever it is, as we did when we were in mission service before ourselves and working at a division setting. It's good. You like to meet with the people who are, you know, in the positions of authority. But to just sit and for people to have an opportunity just to visit and to chat. And we spent literally hours doing that. And sometimes with the group, you know, in in group settings with them. It wasn't group therapy. It was just people being able to just sit and talk and process You know, most people don't come up and say, oh, I need a pastoral visit. We don't do that within our own church normally, you know, and certainly ISEs don't do that. But what we try to do is communicate if we're going to be in a geographic area and say, you know, would it be supportive if we came by and and spent some time with you? Are you going to be there? And we have yet to have anyone say, no, don't come. And what we find then is as we come, that's when, and as you listen, you know, you hear their stories and you value praying together, laughing together, and sometimes maybe some tears, but usually it's just the sharing. So what actually is available is your friendship, Mm -hmm. your prayer, your investment into their lives, you being close to them as much as they need. And so we as Adventists don't have to be that close. We, you know, this is an invitation to missionary mm-hmm. couples to contact you if they feel 
they need to talk, they would need to share or seek advice. And I think, Alex, then in the end, too, it, it hopefully leads to the point where they would not perceive when we say we're praying for you. Oh, yeah, everyone says I'll pray for you. But hopefully because they recognize the fact that we are aware of the challenges in a more direct way that if we say we're praying, we know specifically what we should be praying for at that moment, perhaps. And it is powerful mm-hmm. when somebody truly prays for you. It is. Our latest addition to IWM's selection of online courses is a module titled How to Learn a Foreign Language. Learning a new language is probably one of the biggest challenges most every expatriate worker faces. As a missionary, this is probably something that you think about, how to tackle this kind of challenge. Now, if you master the language of your host community, it could be a major leap forward in creating true friendships and fulfilling the goals of your ministry. Just imagine what a great thing that could be. Now, to access the course, go to How to Learn a Foreign Language course link in the show notes. Since the course is brand new, once you try it out and go through it, give us some feedback. It will help us make it better for others. There is an interesting thought that I've recently come across, and it goes like this. Jesus is the greatest missionary ever, right? And even he needed care. Mm-hmm. Even he needed care. And we see mm-hmm. in the Gospels how Father, the Father, right, and the Spirit had provided that care for mm-hmm. Jesus. Would you please expound a bit on how this happened, how this transpired in the ministry of Jesus? What do Gospels say about this? How do you see that? I think it shows that he was human like I am. Okay. Needed that support. I think there's so many different ways that we see that, you know, God gave support to Jesus while he was in his earthly ministry. Maybe we can learn lessons, you know, how, because I think that Jesus had to place him in himself to receive that type of support. Exactly. But of course, I mean, there are the stories, I'm guessing, yeah, I mean, starting right out with the baptism, the sending of the Holy Spirit, you know, what that represented. I mean, how empowering would that have been? And I would wish that missionaries would have a sense that when they go out, they too are being empowered by the Holy Spirit, and God uses the Holy Spirit. Obviously, Jesus had times when he needed support. He even needed the support of his disciples. I think, you know, mm-hmm. fellow, fellow, fellow ISEs, you know, maybe Jesus was a great ISE in a sense, and he needed the support of his disciples. He obviously was very human, But I think that what we can learn from his life, of course, he made a priority to be in contact with God through the Spirit on a daily basis. And perhaps that's the greatest example we have for what it would be to be able to be successful in mission, to follow his example. So if Jesus needed it, we don't have to be ashamed of needing Mm -hmm. it as well. Mm -mm. That's true. Correct. That's true. I'm looking forward to some of future episodes that we could do together. How could we structure a spiritual life? And, and what are some of those heart or soul issues that missionaries experience? And how does the Holy Spirit work with our hearts? But that's in the future. For today, I just wanted to ask you one more thing. So you are looking for this trusting relationship with Adventist missionary couples. 
And how can they get in contact with you if they want to initiate? Say they don't know you, they haven't been to the Mission Institute in the last couple of years that you've been participating here. What's the best way for them to initiate, to come up to you, or how do they find you? What would that be? Well, a couple of things. You know, certainly, again, using whether it's email, WhatsApp, or what work chat to just send a message that says, you know, any chance I can get to know you, we've never met in person. Mm-hmm. And we will publish that information with this episode in the show notes, so this will be available to all right. our listeners. And, and then the other thought is, at General Conference, we're going to be there. Ironically, Ken is going to be a delegate as a retiree, which we kind of laugh about, but I will be working in the IWM mission room and present there and really would love to have as many people that come through there to be able to give a prayer together, pray together, and to give a hug. If you will be there, please make sure to stop by the Missionary Lounge. It's going mm-hmm. to be called Missionary Lounge, which is kind of put out there together between the Institute of World Mission and the ISC CARE the support team. You will be able to find Ken and Ivanette there. And if you still don't know them, that will be a place to actually meet you guys. So. That would be awesome. You know, I was just thinking one of the things that I had read is one of the things that's important for Ken and myself to do, but also for missionaries to recognize, you know, be yourself, be available if you want to meet us. And then we need to be real with each other because we've experienced a lot of the same type of situations that they have. And just being able to talk about shared common experiences helps us to process and realize, oh, God is still in control. Mm-hmm. So that's an invitation. That's a standing invitation for all of those who are planning right. to be at the GC session. And if you don't, don't lose your time. Just look at the show notes. You'll see how to contact Ken and Ivanette. And please do that. Meet them up, even if it's online, because they're there for you. Anything you guys want to share before we conclude here? I want to say thank you for giving us an opportunity to again reconnect with ISEs. No, that's a pleasure. That's a right. Pleasure. Thank you, Alex. And thank you also for making these podcasts available, which is a tool we never had when we were in our overseas experience. And I think that it's a a real enhancement for missionaries to have. You know, we're talking about layers of support. These all represent layers of support, and we're just one of the layers that is there. I usually say that at the end, but you know what, right while we are together, let's, I guess, invite our listeners to share this particular podcast with other members of their teams, other missionaries, because not all are our listeners. Some are simply don't do podcasting. They may have never kind of accustomed to this. This is a new thing, relatively. So let it be an invitation on our behalf, you know, for the missionaries to share this, those who listen, to kind of share this with those who might become our listeners. Correct. Right. Yeah, right. That's great. Till next time. Thank, Thank you, you, Alex. To get in touch with Ivanette and Kian, you only need to look to the show notes. We are sharing their email addresses and links to their social media profiles. Now, we hope you have subscribed to the IWM podcast and are able to download these episodes automatically. Are you? If not, just click subscribe in your app, find this button, and never miss another episode. 
If you have feedback, questions, or comments on any of the IWM podcast episodes, please write to me at otta at gc.adventist.org or contact me on Workplace, social network that we have for Adventist missionaries or simply message me on Facebook Messenger. Whatever is the most convenient way for you to get in touch with us, use it. Most importantly, friends, if you know a fellow missionary who would truly appreciate or need Cancer Ivanette's gentle touch and prayer, please advise this episode of the IWM podcast to them. Or, even better, simply put them in touch. It will be a gift. For now, I say, have a wonderful week, and I will see you next Wednesday. Wednesday.